1: Welcome to Victory Monday here on the Players' Lounge. First win ever of the Mike McCarthy era. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by two former Dallas Cowboys players, Danny McRae, Barry Church. All right, let's just get the particulars out of the way, gentlemen. We did our predictions (laughs) on Friday. And I'm just going to remind everybody exactly who said what.
2: Very uh, church. Yeah, yeah let's, Barry let's, church. Go that, let's go ahead and do that, Nui. Let's go ahead and do that.
1: You predicted a 38-32 Cowboys win. So you had the Cowboys winning by four in a high-scoring game. Very close. Very, very close. Uh, I had a more lower-scoring game. I had the Cowboys winning by two, 23-21. And... Um, Somebody had picked the Atlanta Falcons to win by three, 24-21. That would be the man from Houston, Danny McCray. So, Eric, congratulations to you. Yes. Congratulations to you. I appreciate
2: that, man.
1: (laughs) You know, I appreciate it
2: just, you know, a little bit, you know, I had to put my GM skills on there. I had to put my coaching skills (laughs) and predict this. I knew it was going to be a high-scoring affair. Um, And, you know, just listen to church. That's it. That's all you got to do on the show. You'll be be perfect if you do that.
1: McCray, you can
3: apologize. I think, Go ahead. I think apologize. I think that this I think this is hilarious. I've never been so happy to be wrong. <laughs> but as we get into this show, y'all can sit here and act like y'all thought this was gonna happen. All y'all want to, but that first quarter opened and I was on y'all text line and we all had the same thought. This was ugly. This knew I knew One more but time. I was
2: wrong. I, right. I take that. What I, what I predicted. <laughs> One more time. Just.
1: Barry Church predicted the, a 38-32 yeah. Cowboys victory, a high-scoring mm-hmm. affair. Okay. And um, okay. you were four-point. You, you, you picked a four-point win. I predicted a two-point win in, in Church. Um, we're right there. You and, I, you and I believed that the Cowboys could come out and get mm-hmm. this thing done. And, and Danny McCray, I've got to tell you this, all right? What I did do after the onside kick, I immediately, because I was sitting in the press box, I immediately went to Twitter. And look back on every bad thing I said and delete it. <laughs> I had one over and said, "This is over. It's over. I delete it. Just out there." Then there was another one I put out there like, "Oh, the crowd. The crowd is done with this team. They know it's. They know it's finished." Delete. So I covered my tracks. Hey, my, man,
2: cover my tracks. My boy knew he was. My boy knew he was tearing up all the receipts, man. Cause I'm telling you, I was looking for him. Oh, yeah. All right. I was, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That ain't um,
3: right, man. Hey, hey, on your own your own your stuff, Louis. Come on, man. Don't don't be that hey, guy. Man. Go ahead and own it. Hey. You said don't, it. Don't be that you guy. said it. Own it. Be that guy.
1: <laughs> be that guy. Be that guy. It was rough, man. It was rough. Um, look, the the Cowboys um, are now one and one, and they're tied for first place. And that was an unpredictable scenario as we looked at the first quarter. So let's dive into this uh, right here on the Players Lounge. Brought to you by Hotels.com uh, It was disgusting to see the way the Cowboys Are shooting themselves in the foot With fumbles, fake punts They did not come out ready to play And I'll be the first guy to admit I used to nail Jason Garrett all the time about man, what's your team doing? What's your team ready to play? Uh, the Cowboys were not ready to play here And one of the things I couldn't wait to talk to you two about Because you guys made the Cowboys As undrafted free agents because you are on special teams CJ Goodwin is a guy. First ever guess we had on the players' lounge last year. He was right there, slipped, could not catch the ball, and then Chris Jones. It was almost like he tried to aim the football there. So what goes into a fake punt call here? And, and talk to me also about the second fake punt that they ran on a fourth and five. How do those things work on special teams? Start with you, McCray.
3: Uh, yeah. So so usually you know the, the coach will watch the film and they'll see. A certain way, like uh, on the one with CJ Goodwin, where where the pass was short, you were watching and you would see the corner or the uh, guy who was covering him bailing, right? So you'll see him bail all the time before the ball was snapped, and you see that on film, and you say, "All right, this is a chance for us to get a fake punt because you know no matter how he plays it, he's going to be five or six yards away from the receiver," and you know they got the look that they wanted, and you know unfortunately on that one, you know Chris just short shorted the uh, shorted the throw. On the second one, usually. It's hey, it's the same as defense, right? On offense, you say, hey, if we got if we got a box where we have more guys that, that can block that they have that can come make the tackle, then that, that's a favorable look for us, so we'll run it. You know, unfortunately, on that one, I think the defense had more guys in the box than we had. You know, that, that, that we could block, so it didn't work out for us. But it's really just all based on looks that you see throughout, you know, that coach's career or what they've done in the previous games. You know, to give you to uh, give you the mindset to go in and run those plays.
2: Yeah, these these both of these calls were were head scratching calls for me. I mean, um, Danny, you put it right on you uh, put the nail right on the coffin when you said about the technique and how each play is pretty much developed and, and what makes them go for the call. But on both of these instances, if I'm not if I'm not um, it's incorrect here, they were both on the Cowboys' side of the 50 yard line. So it was just kind of head-scratching that you would make a gamble like that. I understand that your, your defense wasn't stopping anybody all, all game leading up to those points, but um, to give them a short field, that was a little bit of head-scratching to me, but... Um for me, I'm surprised that Chris Jones wasn't able to make that throw. I mean, for, for those who do not know, Chris Jones is one of the most athletic guys on the team. I mean, he's always up for that, you know, offseason award for being able to stand or be able to be a skill position um, as a special teams player. So I was surprised he wasn't able to make that throw. But the most head-scratching thing about it all, and Danny, you can attest to this, is that gut call up the middle where they run where they snapped it to the PP and he's up the middle. That's usually reserved for like a two to three yard, you know, cloud in the dust type type situation they had about four or five yards that they had to get here and you're snapping it back to the pp who's five yards and you're snapping it back to the pp who's already and for those who don't understand pp is a personal protector yeah and he's already eight yards back so that to me that was a bit of a head scratcher danny i mean i know you know what what, what i'm talking about here i thought that that gut call should have been more of a two to three yard fourth down conversion instead of a fourth and five so that was they were both head scratchers to me
3: yeah, I don't. I don't. I honestly don't think they should have ran either one. I think they had more of a chance on the first one, you know, because it was earlier and, and 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 it was perfect, right? They lined up perfect. They read that cornerback, and he always did the same thing, and he did it on that snap. The play was just shorter. After that, pack up your bags, man. And, 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 and all right, we tried it. You know and let it ride right you, you tried it it didn't work you come out there and do it again i remember i text you guys and i was like man these coaches must be like hey they walk up to mccarthy and be like hey uh i'm running a fake punt right here all right cool and then it, it did walk off because it doesn't sound like no explanation no okays, yeah no nothing it was just like we we, we trying this on this i'm like well what, what are we doing but we get it too but it was a, it was it was a lot of uh you know head scratching calls and, and and choices that were made from the coaching staff that we luckily, you know, overcame just by the talent and play of uh, our quarterback and, and our skill position players.
1: Staying on the point there, what you said, Danny, was it was almost as though, hey, there are no bad ideas, guys. Fine. You want to do it? Let's do it again. Let's do it again. What was <laughs> head-scratching about the fourth and five, and I talked about it uh, on NBC5 last night, Jacques Taylor brought up a great point. He said, if you're going to go for it with five yards to go, don't put a bunch of special teams guys out there This and give the ball to Darian Thompson and this isn't what he does. Go give the ball to the $16 million running back or give it to the $31 million quarterback or throw it to the $20 million receiver. You know, Put it on the guys you are paying money to to get these kinds of yards, not put it on these other guys here with a trickle. So that was the interesting thing. And so, Barry, I'm going to start with you on this and Danny, follow up. Has Mike McCarthy gone too overboard with the analytics here? We're looking at the, the fake punts, um, deciding the Rams game not to kick the field goal, deciding in this game against Atlanta to go for a two-point conversion and leaving your team down two scores. Has he gone overboard there?
2: yeah I think he's gone overboard I mean like I said both of those scenarios where the fake punts and uh, all that stuff was going out on fourth down they were both in the Cowboys territory so like I like like I said earlier you're leaving this defense who's already shorthanded they're down to their third middle linebacker you're leaving them with a short field I mean I just didn't understand that and I think they were getting a little bit too cute in um deciding how to go for it I think you you made a great point there if you're fourth and five. Don't leave it in the hands of, like you said, a special teams unit. Leave it, leave it in the hands of the guys who do that for a profession. Your quarterback is $31 million. Like you said and, uh, down the line, let those guys get that fourth and five for you. That's why you pay them. That's why you invest in them. But to get back to the point, um, yeah, I think McCarthy got a little bit too cute. I think um he's he's going down the line of where he doesn't want to be considered like a safe guy like how jason garrett was who ah fourth and inches i I don't know if i want to go that so he's he's looking like he's want to be like a riverboat ron type of guy and and go down swinging but this could have cost his team in the long run for sure with these uh these head scratching moments yeah i'm I'm not gonna
3: lie to you i I think analytics was out the window I, i saw straight panic um, the, the game was the the, the the game was getting the game was getting ugly, and it was like we got to do something to turn this around. And the first fake punt was was evidence of that, and it, and it could have worked. You know, you know, sometimes the, the good call is is the good call unless it goes wrong. And then uh, we, we tried for the second one. So you know, I saw panic, and I thought it just didn't make sense because you already had your defense out there on sh- you know which short fields, you know, from the beginning of the game from the turnovers, and then. Like we talked about with special teams, what you want from your special teams is, okay, every once in a while, yeah, you can run a fake punt, make that splash play, but you want it to be successful. But you want your special teams to put your offense or defense in in the best position to have success. And giving them the ball in in their own territory is not a, a, a good plan for success. And we did that twice. And after the first time, I'm like, hey, man, just just move on. And we just, we just didn't do it. So to me, it, it didn't make sense. You know how your defense is playing. You know you got some injuries. You know you got some young guys out there. Help these guys out. And, and you know, and at that point in the game, special teams did not do that.
1: I went and checked out the stats because I like to kind of pour over a couple things after the game to see, okay, hey, what certain, you know, certain stats can really tell the story of a game. And last week, one of the big statistics I thought that told the story of the football game for the Cowboys was in the red zone. You know, they, they were two for four. And the Cowboys needed mm-hmm. to improve upon that. And so you look at the game and the stats where it goes in the red zone. Cowboys, five of six in the red zone, and Atlanta, two of four. Score more touchdowns. You win the football game. Cowboys win it by a point uh, 40 to 39. And then looking at the second-half possessions, the Falcons' defense did not stop Dallas at all. Cowboys scored on five or six possessions, and the only time they didn't score was on the uh, when they turned the ball over on downs. But they were a machine. It was truly a tale of two halves. And to me, once again, if the Cowboys can figure out how to – you know, make these, you know, stop kicking field goals and score touchdowns, they're going to have an opportunity to win games, McCray. Uh,
3: you know, listen, look, we won, right? And and, and, and I'm, I'm happy that we won. And I'm still going to sit here and say, look, what we expected to happen with Atlanta's defense happened, all right? So, yeah, if, if we can get it together and we could call some plays and we're going down the field and we, and we get it rolling, how we got it rolling against Atlanta, oh, we can definitely win some games. But we got to come out and we got to start faster than we started this week and last week because, you know, the competition that we have coming up is if, if we start that way, you know, we're not going to get any wins. But I did like the way that the offense started rolling in the second half and we started getting some of our playmakers involved. And that was very positive to see because I've been on the play calling for a while. So hopefully, hopefully we continue that. And that just wasn't our, you know, we 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 have nothing to lose. So let's try to catch up and run everything we got. Hopefully that is the game plan moving forward.
2: Look, I, I will give credit. I have to give a little bit of credit to Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy because they did not give up on the run. I mean. The 20 down 20 points, they could have simply said, you know what, throw the, throw the running back out the, out the backyard. Let's put this all on Dak Arm, but they didn't do that at all. They kept with the run. They gave him 20. It wasn't flashy or anything like that. They gave him 22 carries. I think he had around 89 or 90 yards. It wasn't too flashy, but what I think it did was he pounded and consistently pounded this Atlanta defense, and if you saw in the second half, there was a lot of missed tackles on that Atlanta side, and I think a lot of that has to do with the pounding that Zeke was able to put on these guys. If you saw that, that goal Line run, I think it was like three <laughs> yards to the touchdown, Woo. and he ran smooth Woo. through the Monte Casey. He wanted no parts of the rest of the game, I think, after that. And it, I think his pounding to that defense had a lot to do with their second half success. Hey, listen, hey, question
3: because I, I may have missed the beginning of the game, but I think I, did Tony Pollard start the, the first series? The first two oh, carries, they, had, put the, they put yeah, the yeah, okay.
1: They put them both okay, in the game. Is, they put them both in the game, and they gave Tony um, the first two carries, and he fumbled. He fumbled the second.
3: Yeah, yeah, okay. They I, had I, Zeke blocking. You know, 'Cause we, we was talking about head scratch and stuff, you know. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to, you know, level it all up, make sure I got it all listed out, because I was watching the game and once again this dude's on my fantasy team and I was like, what the heck is going on? This is another <laughs> another one of those secretive things, right? They probably showed that in practice, right? They and they didn't want to watch practice They're like, hey, hey, we're gonna come out and the way that we're really gonna fool Atlanta is we're gonna give T P the ball first. And look,
2: I'm, I'm gonna give him some advice. Don't do that again. All right, just don't, 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 don't do that again. All right, listen to Turk. Don't do that again. All right. As, as, I just
3: want to do that as you're praising Kellen Moore. I just want to make sure you remember that, that that's what happened at the beginning of the game.
2: That's all. Yeah, Ke- yeah, Kellen, man. Look, stay away from Madden. All right. I, I know that looks good. man have you know the two backs out there. You got a receiver. Got a don't do that, man. Just just stick with the guy that that can carry this offense, man. Oh man, that was a hair
1: stretch for sure, man. <laughs> look, um, the coaching decisions in this game and overall, if we're giving the Cowboy coaching staff a grade, Church, what grade are you giving them based on this Atlanta look, game? What would you give? them?
2: Look, it was it was a t- like you said, man. It was a tale of two halves. When you're looking up in a dictionary, this film should be this game's film should be on there. As terrible as they were in the first half, I gotta give this coaching staff a B minus, man. I I got to oh, they patchwork. Me? They had a patchwork offensive, a B minus. I I gotta do it, man. Just because it was the, the tail of two halves, just that first half Oof. was atrocious. I mean, it, it was the decision making. The, the decision making was downright awful. I understand that, but. The way they were able to patchwork this offensive line together and get the second half rolling, I can't say that it was just all terrible. I mean, those three first quarter turnovers were terrible, but I'm at least giving them a B minus. At least giving them a B minus. Let me tell you something.
3: Let me tell you something. For your argument the best thing that could have happened for the, the, the best thing that could have happened for our O-line is the injury was it attack that got Chuck
1: hurt. McKinley. That, got that hurt.
3: was the best McKinley. thing. That, that had nothing to do with coaching. He was wearing the offensive line out before he got Thank hurt. They didn't pass he together was. nothing. <laughs> I'm giving them, listen, uh, D's get degrees, alright, so we got the win, so they getting a straight D for me. Alright, they're getting the a D. It was... You know, whatever. Be a gambler. Do all this from bringing out all every single one almost of the uh, kickoffs and, and getting tackled inside the twenty-five to the fake punts to going for two to running Tony Pollard at the beginning. To it's a hundred things, right? That 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 could have cost us to lose the game. Thankfully, we were playing Atlanta twenty-eight-three, and they're and they're known for this, and they gave gave us the game back. But they got to get a D for this one, man. It was just so many things that they did wrong. So many, like, just bad calls, like stuff that make you wonder, like, where have you been? You know, like, have you really been studying since you were off? It just, I, I just <laughs> didn't understand it from a Super Bowl, from a Super Super Bowl Thank coach. You. And of course, of course, he's going to get better. Uh, I mean, actually, let me not say that. We hope that he gets better, you know, in making these decisions. And he kind of, you know, tell these coordinators, you know, this is what we're going to do. And when they start saying, hey, we're going to run a fake punt every time, tell them no. But they get a D for this one, and Atlanta saved us. And, you know, that played great. We came back. But Atlanta saved us. We got up too early. I mean, they got up on us too early. They took the foot off our throw, and they and they couldn't put it back on after, after we started rolling.
1: <laughs> I got to take a break after hearing that from you, Church. I, I got to recover. <laughs>
3: hold on, hold on, hold on hold real quick. Hold on, hold on I real quick. Hold on beat. real quick. Before it, you, you go, before you go, before
2: you go do it. Anymore. Real quick, real quick. Mm. Cowboys Nation, before y'all go ahead and listen to Newy, listen to Dandy. These are the same two people that said Dak Prescott is not worth $41, 42000000 million. If it was up to them, they would go ahead and sign Andy Dalton for a lesser deal and let him see what he can do with this talent. So before y'all go ahead and listen to what these guys got to do, just they backtrack a lot. They backtrack a lot. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. saying. We got to address
3: this when we come back, because church be over here putting words in the mouth, out of context, all this. That wasn't what we we said on Friday? That's not what we we, said on Friday? I'm
2: confused. Let's let's address that. i I don't know. I don't know. I don't
1: know. We have... We have to take a break here. We will set Barry Church straight because his listening skills are not right there on point. We'll <laughs> address this after the break right here on the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com.
4: Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys.
0: more do more Back to the players lounge
1: Mm-mm. 12 cowboys way brings high-rise luxury apartment living within steps of the dallas cowboys headquarters at the star in frisco providing luxury amenities multiple floor plans and unparalleled conveniences 12 Cowboys Way is where elite living meets exclusive access. Leasing is available now. Book your virtual or in-person tour at 12cowboysway.com. You're in the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. We are in our SWBC Mortgage virtual in-home studios. I'm Newy Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter. I was at the game last night, and we bring in Danny McRae and Barry Church, two former Cowboys players. Now, let's pick up on the slander that Barry Church threw at us last segment towards McCray and I talking most deserved, about Dak Prescott. deserved, Okay, so so McCray, I'm going to let you go ahead and address Barry right here before so, I do.
3: So, so let's start off with what Barry, I don't know, is interpreting, misinterpreting, because what we said was, if Dak does not make a deep playoff run, the Cowboys will likely not pay him over $40, $40 million, and they probably shouldn't, if he doesn't make a deep playoff run, and they could go in another direction. Knew he said Andy Dunn could be an option. I said we don't know who will be available, but if somebody else is available for cheaper, like, you know, that, that is a quality quarterback, then, yeah, they, they, they'll they probably make that decision. We didn't say that, that, you know, that's what they should do today, all right? And two, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, church. You, you, watched, you watched the same season as I did last year, and you saw, listen, as a matter of fact, as the first quarter was going on, I got a phone call and, and uh the dude who called me had Dak on his team and I was like, "Hey bro, don't worry. You know Dak going to get these trash yards anyway." All right? This is this is known. <laughs> this is known. It's it, it, like it if uh, versus anybody else, those are trash yards and that's a loss. <laughs> versus Atlanta, that's a hell of a comeback. And more credit to him for doing it because he does make it happen. But if you do that every game and you lose and you and that come with 6,000 yards and 40 touchdowns and you don't make the playoffs, <laughs> you ain't getting 45 million. <laughs> I still believe that. So that, that that's why I met with that. It was a great it was a great game. He played an amazing game, amazing comeback, taking nothing away from him. But that playoff run is still necessary for him to get the money that he wants.
1: Okay. So let's pull it Go ahead, ahead Nui. Okay, it's political season. And, and what you just did in that last segment, Barry, is aching to you turning on the television and you hear, Louis <laughs> and Danny hate Dak Prescott. They never, <laughs> got it. they don't want to pay exactly. him this money. In fact, exactly. they want Andy Dalton to get all the cash <laughs> for less money. Vote Barry Church in 2020. He's for that question. That's That is what you threw out there. Misrepresenting the facts. And it's okay. It's okay. I, my shoulders are big enough to take it, okay? But, but <laughs> what Danny said is totally different than what you interpreted. But that's okay. That's okay. Um... What I am happy for Dak Prescott, let me make sure I run off the numbers for the folks out there, Uh, 34-47, 450 yards through the air, one touchdown pass, three touchdown (laughs) runs. First player in NFL history to have three touchdown runs and over 400 yards passing in this game. Dak Prescott, in my opinion, for the second straight week, took the Cowboys down the field where you wanted them to. Last week, that catch that Michael Gallup made was nullified. Okay, but he went deep, may make that catch. And I know you two agreed with the PI call. I didn't. But the Cowboys are right there in range to kick a field goal, to take it to overtime, if not possibly try and throw to the end zone and win the game. And then here he is again. Second half, he had a fumble, by the way, which led to an Atlanta touchdown in the first quarter. But the second half, five of six. Um, touched, uh, five or six scoring drives for the Cowboys. He led them to the win. He did what you want him to do. He did what a guy who's asking for and wants to have one of the better contracts out there. And I tell you what, because we were all watching the Cowboy game, and I was kind of peeking out of my the, my side eye watching the Rams game because I had Tyler Higby on my fantasy team. Did anybody <laughs> look at Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz is is, the last thing he is is a franchise quarterback the way he's Uh. playing two costly interceptions one in the end zone and how many times I can't tell you how many times I do these interviews with NBC Philadelphia during Cowboys during the Cowboy week and it's always who's better quarterback Dak who's better quarterback Wentz and I'm like yo you guys took this dude second overall and paid all that capital to trade up to get him. You gave him $127 million, and let's be honest, this is a guy who's not played well since Frank Wright left the building. So many people or who picked Philadelphia this year were putting it on Carson Wentz. Pete Prisco, CBSSports.com, he said that Carson Wentz was going to have a MVP-like season this year as he picked Philadelphia to win the East. You didn't see anything MVP the past two games. This was a game in which... The Rams came out, beat him up over the head, Philly made a comeback, and Carson Wentz threw him out of the game. Then I bring that up to say, you go back and you look at Dak Prescott, people said, this guy not worth the money after game one, he put on a performance. And for some folks out here in Cowboys Nation, you're still down on Dak Prescott. It's about his empty calories that, you know, hey, it was garbage time. He won the football game. He got the win. Nobody called Tom Brady's win over the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl garbage yards. Nobody called it empty calories. You know what they called it? They called it a victory, and they called it a Super Bowl win. This isn't a Super Bowl win, but they won, and they're now tied for first place versus being 0-2, getting ready to go to Seattle. Dak Prescott should be... The NFL offensive player of the week, in my opinion, I don't know how anybody else beats him for what he did as his team was down 20 points. They come back and get the victory. So, boom, yeah, piece. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, <laughs> all the garbage, it's
3: it's it's only garbage. It's only garbage yards if you if you lose or if you're not playing Atlanta. Uh, you know, all last year they, they, they were garbage yards. Uh, this 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 one wasn't. And and like I said, shout out to Deck man, he played his butt off. And got him to a win, one of the best comebacks i 've ever seen in my entire life and i 'm sure a lot of people feel the same way so i 'm I'm not, I'm not down on Dak. but if he doesn 't make a playoff run with all this talent that he has uh, it 'll be some people that 's down on him
2: yeah i mean like i 'm obviously i 'm huge on Dak right now, um, you know the guy did he went out there and played his, he played his hard on, led his team back into the into the game, and, and to your point, Nui, with this division, I mean, I think it's, it's between. It was at the beginning of the year, I thought it was a two-man race. I thought it would be between Dallas, and I thought it would be between Philly. Now, the rash of the injuries the Philly faced on that offensive line, you can tell right now, it's, it's starting to rear its ugly head. But even with those guys healthy, I'm, I'm looking at Carson Wentz and. I just don't know if he has it right now. So, to me, I'm thinking Washington. They even look better than Philly right now. Dwayne Haskins looks like he's doing a little bit better of a job than Wentz right now at the quarterback position. And we can't sleep on Washington's defense at all. But for right now, after week two, I'm saying right now the division, it's kind of up in the air right now. But I got to give it to the Cowboys for a slight edge over Washington. But Philly, they just look downright disgusting right now.
1: Would yeah, I look I, at I Philadelphia?
3: Still got, oh, I got
1: you. No, no, Danny, go ahead. Hit
3: no, no, I would say I still got us first and Philly second. Um, you know, they played the Rams who, who played well against us uh, last week, and then they ran into uh, the Washington, uh, you know, front seven who we'll see and we'll see, you know, how, how good they really are. So I don't think they had, you know, easy games so far. And what we do know about Carson Wentz and the Eagles is they can start off wherever they want to, bad or good, but they know how to get some games rolling together. So I'm not going to count them out yet, but I do think that we are the team to beat in the division.
1: Philadelphia's talent, in my opinion, has has been a little bit overrated. Uh, They they thought that, okay, we've got these weapons now, because they were saying in the offseason, okay, uh, what you have to do is get Carson some speed down the field. Okay, so Deshaun Jackson's back after being hurt last year. They draft Jalen Rager. I'm not seeing it right now. And I'm also not seeing them control the line of scrimmage. Uh, The Rams came out there basically – did to Philly even worse what they did to the Cowboys. I mean, they punched him in the mouth with the run, and then they attacked him over the middle of the defense. That's where Hickby was sitting up here making three touchdowns and living on it. So Philly's got some warts that they've got to cover up. And then on as far as the outside goes, fine. You got Darius Slay, who's good on the outside, but they're in the middle, man. That middle area is soft, and you can attack Philadelphia there. They've got some warts. And we'll see if Doug Peterson can, can cover them up. But one of the biggest things, Doug Peterson can't go out here and play for Carson Wentz. He's got to be better. You cannot throw a pick in the end zone. You just can't do it. And, and I think it was Fuller, the kid, that ended up making that play on CD lane when the Cowboys went for it on fourth and three instead of kicking the field goal to make it a twenty twenty game. Uh, he made another, group, another good play. I think he was the one who made the interception in the end zone. No, no, it was a different play. It was a different player. But, uh, look, the Rams are playing good football. And maybe we wrote the Rams off too quick. And you start looking at that NFC West right now. I pick Seattle to win the division. They, 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 they're 2-0. and They get the Cowboys this week. The 49ers. Arizona looks good. You know, yeah, Arizona is 2-0, looking good. They beat the 49ers week one, then they beat Washington. Then you've got San Francisco, who lost uh, week one to Arizona. They beat the Jets, but boy, they lose Nick Bosa to an mm. injury. Um, Raheem Moster's going to miss a couple weeks. They're saying Bosa's probably going to be out for the year. Jimmy Garoppolo's got a high ankle sprain. They've already had some receivers here who are down, so... The 49ers are going to have – they're having some issues like they had the past. Um, last year they didn't have any, but, the, but the, the previous two seasons before, injuries really hurt them. So the Rams in mm-hmm. Arizona – and I, by the way, I picked Arizona to make the playoffs. The Rams and Arizona could be in this thing, and who knows where the Niners fall depending on where they're going. So, And we got another playoff team this year. So it, it's going to be real interesting on how that NFC West shakes out here after two games. The Cowboys look as though, like last year, in terms of if you do your part, you should win the division. They didn't do their part last year. But with everything that's going on here, they, they should they should win this division, If they, especially if they can get some guys healthy, in my opinion. Hey, let's take another break. We'll take our final break here and, and want to get back into um, – one of my unsung heroes of the game. I got got three guys I want to talk about who I think are unsung heroes of this football game that we kind of didn't talk about that we need to. And um, we'll look ahead to the Seattle Seahawks. Nui Scruggs, Barry Church, Danny McCray, you're listening to the Players' Lounge right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio. Since
4: 1865,
0: Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats—the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys and your favorite football team—get
4: yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Your new apartment's
0: big. Such a great deal.
4: Uh, it's okay.
0: Just okay. What's not too? It's right above the subway. Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus.
4: A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score, September 2019. To Dallas's frontline responders, thank you. To show its gratitude, Tide is offering free laundry services in Dallas to the families of frontline responders. Simply bring your laundry and your identification to Tide Cleaners and they will wash it within two days. One thing less for you to worry about. While you take care of us all, Tide will take care of the laundry for the families of frontline responders. To learn more and find a location near you, visit hope.tidecleaners.com.
0: Essilor. See more. Do more. To the Players
1: Lounge. Cinema Drive-ins brings the classic nostalgia of a drive-in movie to the star. Enjoy all the features of these timeless outdoor theaters in a safe, innovative environment with the latest technology, stunning visuals, and the latest and greatest Hollywood blockbusters. New movies are featured every weekend. In the Gaylord lot at the Star in Frisco. For details, visit thestarinfrisco.com. This is the Players' Lounge brought to you by hotels.com. Um, by the way, you can hit us up on social media anytime. On Twitter, I'm at Newey Scruggs. It's N-E-W-Y-S-C-R-U-G-G-S. It's N-E-W-Y-S-C-R-U-G-G-S. Church, tell everybody where they can hit you at.
2: Uh, You can hit me at Instagram and Twitter at uh, Barry Church forty two. That's Barry at Barry Church forty two. McCray.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm getting a little echo in the background. You can hit me at uh, Danny DMac forty four on Twitter, and then you can hit me at Danny underscore McCray forty on Instagram.
1: All right, Um, three guys that to me were unsung heroes. I mean, obviously we know about Dak Prescott and, and what he did, but just, you know, in a course of a comeback like this, um, there's guys doing some things and they're doing their part. Uh, Dalton Schultz, the tight end, set a single game and career best in receptions with nine, receiving yards 88, also recording his first ever touchdown reception late in the fourth quarter. And then I think about the... The tackle, right tackle Terrence Steele, the rookie, making his second start for the Cowboys. And then on the other side, you have Brandon Knight uh, starting at left tackle for the first time this season and in in the second overall NFL start for him in his, sec- in his two years in the NFL. These guys, especially once Tack McKinley went out, were able to help keep Dak Prescott uh, clean. They, Atlanta only had one sack and four quarterback pressures. So what those guys did on the offensive line, um, I can't say enough of because I remember what happened last year in the Jets game when Lel Collins and Tyron Smith missed that game and the Cowboys were not able to get themselves a victory. They were able to get themselves a victory on uh, Sunday. So I look at those three guys and I just say, hey, v- very good job. Unsung heroes as the Cowboys come back and win 40-39. to 39. Who do you guys have? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and piggyback on that, man. Because both Dalton Schultz and those two, those two guys, I mean, they they played phenomenal. Um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. After that first fumble from Dalton Schultz, man, I was the first one out there talking, about, "Oh, this guy's trash. Get him off the field. He can't do nothing out there." But I mean, he showed up to play. Like you said, nine receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he showed he showed that he had the same type of Grit and scrap that the rest of this team had, um, especially with the injury to Blake Jarwin. I mean, we finally had a tight end that can threaten the seams, that can be a mismatch nightmare, and then who's supposed to be a big weapon for us this year, but we lose him for the entire year. All Dalton Schultz did was, you know, the first game in, he had a couple drops, and then he fumbled this one, so he could have easily mailed it in, but he went out there, got nine catches, 88 yards, and a TD, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was one of the top three leaders in uh, receptions and yards. For that game, and then you mentioned the two tackles out there, the two young guys. I mean, one making his second start, and I think the other one was making his first start. But early in that game, I mean, they could have mailed it in as well. The, the edges were under attack. I mean, Tack McKinley on one side, Dante Fowler on the other side. They were they, they were having Dak Prescott out there running for his life. But like you said, it was a tale of two halves. And in the second half, they were able to bounce back and. um pretty much shore up that offensive line to give Dak the ability to attack Atlanta downfield so all three of those guys I mean they played heck of a game so hopefully they'll be able to continue that throughout the year
3: yeah and I I agree with y'all so I I, I don't want to I don't want to say the same people so what I'm gonna do is I believe it was Noah Brown with the big catch uh catch and run that was Mm -hmm. that was a big play when your number is called sometimes you just get one opportunity he got his opportunity he made the most of it so I'm gonna give him that Uh, I also man listen the defense gave up 39 points but I think they played way better than they played last week. I think they made some huge plays. They stopped the run. I agree. Uh, you know, these linebackers, they got in there and they, and they did what they had to do. Jalen Smith made a good play in the past game. They, they did some stuff, you know, that they didn't do, that they didn't show the first week that they could build off of the, the, the young secondary, you know, they battled, they fought, you know, they gave us some catches, but they, they, they showed that they had no quit in them and they, and they'll, they'll fight scratch and claw. And my third one, uh, it's gonna go to the great Dan Quinn, man. He told Mike McCarthy, "Look, hey, hold my beer. Hold my. You, you think you're doing something? Hold my beer. Let, let me let, let me show you how to really do this. So he's an unsung hero Ooh, for us because because without man. without him, what they say, without him, none of this would be possible. <laughs> the great Dan Quinn, man. The ultimate folder, man. That- <laughs>
1: Dan Quinn was like, "No, no, no! I'm a at This, this is what I do. Like, this is what I, I do. Okay, let me show you. Let me show you. I mean, and literally, uh, Jeff Jeff Schultz, who, who writes for the Athletic at, um, down in Atlanta, he's covered Atlanta sports for a long time, and he wrote a column, and and the basic thing he wrote in the column is, this feels like the th- this is really the end, and and you're going back and looking at you know what they've done." since the Super Bowl. He put their record, I think it's like 10 and 20-something. But the bottom line is Dan Quinn is done much in the same way that Mike Smith was done. You know, you reach this point, you get here. And once you don't break through, you just kind of keep on falling down. And so they were given the opportunity to come back and try and do it one more time. And look, they can say all the platitudes and we've got to just go back and do the work, but it's not working. They're not going to be better this year than the Saints. They're not going to be better this year than Tampa. And Rich McKay, who's now you know, overall, he's over the GM Thomas Jimitrop and Dan Quinn. Look, McKay's going to tell Arthur Blank, fire him. So right now, I'm telling you, there's going to be a job opening in Atlanta, and there's going to be a job opening in Detroit because the GM Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia are terrible. He fired Jim Caldwell. Bob Quinn said 9-7 and is not good enough. Matt Patricia's now in his third season with Detroit. He's only won nine total games. They can't even get the nine they <laughs> They'd be lucky if they could get to seven and nine. So there's going to be some job uh. openings. And, and And you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to give you a name of a guy who I could easily see being the head coach in Atlanta. Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett was offered the job from Arthur Blank which he turned down to stay with the Cowboys, and they ended up hiring Mike Smith for that job. So I think if given an opportunity, I think Jason Garrett could very well be the next head coach in Atlanta. He's already gone through the process with Rich McKay and Arthur Blank. So keep in mind, you heard it you heard it here. You heard it here first, baby.
2: The, listen, this, hey, so next Let me you got ask you a question real quick. Let me you ask you a question real quick. Uh, so what what do what do y'all think that says about the coaching staff? I mean like there's two huge just comeback victories and then that special teams that onside how do you not jump on the ball? I mean I know the rules are that you know the got it has to go 10 yards before the kicking team can jump on it. But w- what goes through their mind right there? Maybe Danny maybe you can attest to that, but, to why they wouldn't want to jump on that. I just let me, it just blew my mind yeah, on that one. Yeah, so so let let me dissect
3: that for y'all, man. Let let me dissect this onside kick because this is this is a play that's worked on it's worked on about once a week, right? On Saturdays, you get out there and this is where you do the onside kick. You bring the vets out there and you get them ready, right? So I'm blaming this. The first person I'm blaming this on is Julio Jones. The second group of people that I'm blaming this on are the people who's supposed to be blocking for him. And if you look at it, we actually did everything wrong, and so did the Falcons, right? The people who, <laughs> who, are, who are on the line, what you're supposed to do, this is why they call it the most dangerous playing football, right? Because if you're the kicking team, you're supposed to go take out everybody that's across from you and let a guy run behind and kept in, uh, and scoop the ball, right? So you're supposed to eliminate everybody in front of you. We didn't touch a soul. If you're the other team, you're supposed to clear the way for Julio Jones to be able to make a clear catch. So you're supposed to run up and you're supposed to hit the opposing team, clear the way and let Julio do what he does. Neither team touched anybody. (laughs) Right. Everybody just kind of looked. And CJ was the guy who was supposed to be going to battle uh, with Julio and CJ just beat Julio. But Julio's just sitting there waiting. Like his main job, because what you tell the front line is don't worry about the ball. We got somebody with hands who's going to sit back and catch the ball. Right. (laughs) So Julio's only job was to scoop the ball. And the people in front of him job was to go hit the people that play for the Cowboys. Nobody did any of that. And And the reason they didn't get the ball is because usually when that thing rolls like that, uh, it, it, it doesn't go 10 yards. Nine times out of 10, when that ball is rolling, it goes about seven, and then it dies, and then that's just an easy play. They were waiting for that ball to die,
2: and it never died, and it bit him in the hey. butt. That's, that's what happened. <laughs> Hey, my boy, Julio, my boy, Julio. I can't put. My boy made a business decision, man. He was like, "Hold on, man. My, my hamstrings are already hurting. I got these linebackers running at me, running four or fives, running at me, about to blow me up, man. Hey, y'all, take care of that. Y'all handle that, but, man. But church,
3: but church, you see, if you,
2: if you see our squad, but we didn't want to touch nobody either. Yeah, oh yeah, no. Our, our squad, our squad ain't do nothing. I think that was, uh, I don't know what number it was. But he screamed past everybody. The ball, the Atlanta front seven. Julio, he ain't touch a soul in there. And then turned around and looked, and nobody had the ball yet. And he was just like, "Man, I guess I'll stand around with the rest of y'all." So yeah, that was a was, terrible sack. Was... <laughs> it was all it was all wrong. It was
3: all wrong on both sides. It worked out for us. But we didn't touch a soul. They didn't touch a soul. We didn't clear the lane for nobody, and we just ended up getting the ball first. It was it was bad, but it worked <laughs> out for us. Somebody somebody was sitting at home with that Buffalo Wild Wings button, except it was they gonna keep hitting that button until the Cowboys win. So they made the they made the the ball you know bounce a certain way. They made Atlanta do dumb stuff, and they just kept hitting the button until the Cowboys won, and, and we made
2: it happen. So good for us. But that was horrible execution. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, that horrible was one execution. of the, the, I was one of the luckiest games I've ever seen in my life, man. For somebody to take, I don't know if y'all are Olympic, but for somebody to get a curling, you ever seen curling in the Olympics? How they, how they shoot that movie <laughs> there? How, the, I don't know how they made a football act like that, but it was the same thing. It was just slowly, just matriculating its way until it crossed the 10, man. I've never seen anything like that. It, it <laughs> and you don't touch us. Listen, if, I, if, I'm, listen, if, Joe, if Joe
3: D. Camillus was in that room, everybody oh. would be cursed out. Oh, everybody everybody. Was being cursed out. You get called all type of weak, whatever, because your main goal is to go out there and be a football player and hit the guy that you were assigned to hit. And I, I didn't hear a pad smack at all. Yeah. <laughs> that was all that year was crazy. to studs? It
1: was crazy. to watched? <laughs> <laughs> right, watch. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll end the show with this. It was a good point made by uh, former Dallas Cowboys scout Brian Broaddus. Where he said the Cowboys were very smart to make sure they kicked that ball towards their side of the field versus Atlanta yeah. side, where the Atlanta coaches could have yelled at their own players, get on the ball, get on the ball. So that didn't happen. So hey uh Bones Fossil and, and Greg Zerline, special teams already um, you know, making making two pretty good plays. Uh, and then Zerline with the game-winning field goal. Hey, that is the players lounge here on a victory Monday. Danny McRae, former Dallas Cowboys safety. Barry Church, former Dallas Cowboys safety. And me, longtime Cowboy reporter, New East Coast. We appreciate you. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow at 2.30 Central Time right here on DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
1: about this, Cowboys? Yeah!